Coach Corey Wien and this is my video coaching newsletter. And the topic of today's newsletter is going to be fear and acceptance of moving on. Well, I've got an email that I'm going to go through with you today. It's from a woman. She's been friends with this particular guy that she's with for about 12 years now and she's been with him romantically for five. And about three years ago, she was in the process of leaving him and moving on and then after a little birthday sex, Apparently her boyfriend slipped one past the goalie and she got pregnant. So now she's looking at do I leave this guy? Do I stay with him? Deep down obviously she knows that she needs to leave him. But she's thinking will this guy ever change? And if I do decide to leave him, how do I handle the transition? And so it's it's just interesting how you see men and women both struggle with this. It's like – and I've talked about this in a video I did the other day where it's like people struggle. It's like they realize that something is fucked and they don't do anything about it. And so I have a quote that I wrote on this particular topic and then we're going to go through it. And the quote says, Life is a continuous process of recreating our lives, movement, change, personal growth, taking risks, overcoming fears and sleeping outside of our comfort zone so we can reach our full potential. The reality of life is that it's always changing and never stays the same. People who come into and out of our lives to give us experiences and to help us grow. Resisting change leads to instability, unhappiness, dis-ease and chaos. Embracing change and going with the flow is necessary and essential to your happiness, health and enjoying life. You can't stop an earthquake any more than you can change the weather, but you can adapt to the changes that they bring. The more you can adapt to, look forward to, and embrace change, the more successful you will become at maintaining your happiness, growth, balance, and inner peace. This is something we all struggle with, not just in our personal lives. Maybe we've got a friendship with somebody in our life and they've been, maybe they've been in our lives a long time and they're just toxic. Or they never have anything positive to say. Or the type of the person that every time you talk to them, they go, hey man, you're not going to fucking believe what happened to me. And it's like the dump truck backs up in their front lawn and just continually dumps all kinds of fucking problems and shit onto their lawn and they're always telling you about it. They're the glass is half empty kind of people. And if you're watching this video, more than likely, you're the type of person that's 10, 15 years ahead of everybody else in your life. Meaning that you're growth oriented. You want to better yourself and you want to better your lives. But as I've talked about before, we're surrounded by a sea of people who are too afraid to do that. And because they make shitty choices or they make mediocre choices and they're too scared and weak to do anything about it, they try to in essence hold you and everybody else down because then that helps them not feel so bad about their shitty lives and their choices. And I saw a really interesting quote from a comedian, Bill Burr, right as I was getting ready to do this video. I was like, this is fucking perfect. And so this is interesting what he says. He says, realize that sleeping on a futon when you're 30 is not the worst thing. You know what's worse? Sleeping in a king-size bed next to a wife you're not really in love with but for some reason you married – and you got a couple of kids and you got a job you hate. 
You'll be laying there fantasizing about sleeping on a futon. There's no risk when you go after a dream. There's a tremendous amount to risk to playing it safe. Isn't that what most people do? They play it safe. Oh, we're staying in it for the kids. I talked to so many men and women that have been in relationships where they were staying in it for the kids. And then the kids grow up, they leave, and they go off to college. And then the husband and wife are staring at each other. What do we have? Why are we together? People, situations where people have been married 15, you know, for the last 15 years, 10, 15 years, just a loveless, sexless marriage, but they're staying in it for the kids. I mean, that is, that is incredibly toxic to your health because inside of you, it's fucking screaming to get out and to move forward and to make a change. But you go, oh, well, you know, we're going to stay in it for the kids. Oh, well, I got to pay my bills. And so like this particular woman who wrote this email, she's in a difficult situation because she's you know, obviously taking care of her young daughter. She's got, a, you know, she's got a good purpose and a career that she wants. But obviously she feels trapped and so many people are in these situations whether it's a relationship that needs to end or a job they need to move on from, start looking for another job or they need to lose 50 pounds or 100 pounds. They tell them excuses. Oh, I don't have the time to work out. I don't have the time to eat healthy. I don't have the time to look for another job. I don't have the time to save money. They tell themselves a story and like the reason why people don't have the things they want in their lives is the story that they tell themselves about why they won't, can't or don't have it. And I'm thankful that when I was younger in my 20s, when something wasn't good or it didn't feel right or I knew I needed to make changes or things needed to end, I got the fuck out. It's like once I realized that the internal enthusiasm that I had for something is gone, I know it's time to move on. Like one of the things that Steve Jobs used to say that he did every day, he would get up, he'd look in the mirror and he'd ask himself, if today was going to be my last day on earth, would I want to do what I'm about to do today? And he said, well, the answer was no too many days in a row. He knew he needed to change something. And I'm always pausing and reflecting like this, this year, I'm doing three videos a week instead of the six that I was doing Previously, there's other things that I want to work on. There's other books I want to write. Obviously, I want to, I'm working on an audio version of my book, which is going to be more than just an audio version of my actual book. There's going to be other things that I want to add into it to add even more value. So maybe the next six months, next next 12 months, it'll be out. It'll be done. It'll be published. But by doing fewer videos and spreading them out, maybe making the videos a little longer. It gives me more time to focus on doing these things. And it's like I've always done that. And if you've been following my Instagram account at all or some of the things on social media, what my assistant and I are working with, which she's doing most of the work, is I've got probably 40, 50 pages of success quotes that I've been gathering up and compiling over the course of my whole life. And we're now posting those to Instagram. I started with all of founding fathers type quotes founding fathers of the United States and then kind of working backwards from there. So if you're interested, obviously go and check out my Instagram account or you can see those quotes that I post on my my Facebook fan page and my other social media because I have all these these quotes here. There's so many great quotes and so I'm putting them out there so y'all can have them. 
So with that said, let's go through this guy's e – or this woman's email, I should say. She says, hi, Corey. I'm so grateful for discovering your work. It is helpful to so many people as I'm also a coach and appreciate your service, genuine, and I love to see how many men, including yourself, are well-rounded, introspective, and interested in pleasing women. Pleasing? Well, I don't know about please, maybe pleasuring women. I wouldn't pleasing is a bad word because pleasing basically what that means is the guy sacrifices everything he is in order to make a woman happy and he doesn't have a spine to stand for himself and what he wants. But obviously I understand your intent there. While having shit loads of fun. Okay, here it goes. The man I am with is not the person for me. So that's like one of the truest statements. That's bold. It's right in the beginning of her email. Now notice as I go through the email, even though she says that, but in part in, towards the end of the email, she's, will this guy ever change? Is it possible? Because we're always, I mean, think about it. When you're in a relationship and you really love somebody, you really care about somebody, and maybe that relationship is the best one you've ever had, where you're most, you have to feel the most love and connection with somebody, where you have so many goals, so many values, shared interests. And you tell yourself, God, this is so much better than I've ever had in the past. And you stick around hoping it's going to get better. And most of the time, it will not. People don't change who they are. They may become a better version of themselves. They may evolve, get involved in their goals, other careers, other businesses, things of that nature. But who they really are as a human being, how they tend to operate and interact with other human beings – that typically does not change. In other words, if somebody's a liar, they're a cheater, they're devious, they just don't feel comfortable telling the truth because their whole lives, they've just never been comfortable being honest either with themselves or other people. Expecting somebody like that to all of a sudden become honest and change overnight, it's just completely unrealistic. It's just the, the, their core values, their operating system, their model of the, way, of the world, the way they interact with other people that doesn't change. Now they may change careers. They may, may get in better shape or worse shape. Their, their, the careers that they're into or where they live, those things may change and evolve. But how they operate and interact with other people, that typically does not change. It's you just got to look at the nature how people really are. If you got somebody that always is broke and always wanting to borrow money from you and they usually don't pay you back. Well, after a period of time, you're going to say, you know what? I'm not going to lend you any more money because it's obvious you're not going to pay me back. So she continues on. I believe there are many possible combos anyway. I've known this for quite some time in our relationship. We've been friends for 12 years and together for five. has always been a source of discomfort for me. It's always been a source of discomfort for her. Yet this guy has been in her life for 12 years and they've been together romantically for five. She's definitely been bullshitting herself for always according to if you look at it that way. This is what we do. We tell ourselves it's okay. It will get better or they focus on their kids and then once the kids are gone, the reason why they stay, they're like, why am I with this person? They're not sexually attracted. They're not interested in having an adult sexual relationship. They're just roommates. If that's the case, why be together? If you're not meeting each other's needs, you're not growing together, you don't actually like having fun. It's just like the, the quote from Bill Burr. I mean I, 
I really loved and cared about my ex-wife. She was a great girl. We had a lot of fun together. But I was never head over heels in love with her. But I was too young, too weak, too inexperienced to know any better. And I didn't have anybody I could ask or go to about that. And one pattern, one thing that's been consistent throughout my whole life is whether it's a relationship or a friendship or a job that I had or a business that I had or maybe a city I was living in, when the internal enthusiasm was gone, when I wasn't waking up every day going, this is great, what's next? I knew it was time to move on. And when I was younger, I felt bad about thinking that way. But most people, it's like they try to avoid change. So they try to keep everything in their little box their whole lives and then you know, they're dropping dead of heart attack. I got, I've had several friends that have passed away from heart attacks or not taking care of themselves. They're in their 40s. My age. I mean, I mean, I, this started happening in the last 10 years. Like, and people are miserable. It's like when you don't, when you ignore what's inside you, when you ignore that inner drive, what your heart's compelling you to do, that's incredibly unhealthy for your body. I mean, it destroys your will to live. It destroys your ability to move forward towards the things that you want in life. And eventually, at some point, you just give up. And once you lose the will to live and continue to seek happiness, I mean, you literally, you got one foot in the grave at that point. And the whole purpose of life is to enjoy it. It's not to make yourself miserable or tell yourself that you have to stick with something that sucks. Even though, unfortunately, that's what most people do. He's not as connected, inspired, or passionate about life, self, nature, even football. A chick that likes football? How awesome is that? And while this served a purpose for me and my own insecurities long ago, it no longer does and fuels doubt in my own ability as a wellness professional. Do you see that? What was I just saying a second ago? It no longer does and fuels doubt in my own ability as a wellness professional. You know, I, I have clients. I've had, I, I had a client, several clients over the past several years. They're therapists. They're marriage and family therapists. They counsel other couples. And yet they, you know, they're with their wives 15, 20 years. And there's never any real true love. But you think about it, if that's what you do for a living, it's like how do you tell somebody – that you're getting divorced. It's like you look at Tony Robbins, his first wife, Becky, was always telling, in a seminar, was telling everybody how great his fucking relationship and how super awesome it was. And he was with her for 14 years. And he said, when I was, this is all these years ago when I was a platinum partner, he realized after seven years that it was fucked and he should get out of it. But because he's telling his audience how great and super duper awesome his marriage was, like, how could he go and get divorced? And eventually he got to a place like I can't – I'm living a lie. I can't do this anymore. And he left and he got savaged for it. A lot of people like, oh, he just traded her in for a younger, more attractive girl. And his, his – the wife he has now, definitely very attractive, younger. But I mean he told him – he was – he bullshitted himself and he's like the most successful coach in the world. It's like everybody bullshits themselves about some things in their lives. The key is to recognize that and to transcend it, to make those choices and make those decisions that deep down you know you need to make because it literally robs you of your enthusiasm and your will to live and the longer you stay in those unhealthy situations, it literally becomes unhealthy for you. 
And she's starting to question herself. I mean, she's a wellness professional, but yet she's in an unhealthy relationship. And therefore, it causes her to doubt herself. That has a negative effect on her confidence. I mean, it makes sense. If, that has an, if your relationship has a negative effect on your self-confidence, that's going to have a negative effect on your career, in your business, in your ability to negotiate for a better salary or to go out and find a better job and feel like you deserve to have a better job and you deserve to get paid more. Here's how we are together today. In 2013, I had put enough money away to move out on my own and in a beautiful building where I wanted to live. I was open and communicative with him the entire time of my needs, my lack of desire to feed into the drama and how I wished to part as best as we could. So the relationship was over three years ago and then obviously she got pregnant. The main reason I left was because of the passive-aggressive toying, neediness, and general disinterest and inability to be compassionate and have adult conversations. This war on me. Um, insert birthday sex here on the week I move out. Yeah, eight weeks later I find out I'm pregnant. And what do most people do when they're in that situation? They're thinking safety, security raising a child on my own and then they talked themselves into staying but at the end of the day she'd already made the decision to leave this guy doesn't change all of a sudden because they got a kid knowing well what i was getting back into i'm back in the relationship of course the old issues have resurfaced i wouldn't say that they resurfaced they were always there you just for a period of time ignored them because of your child. Now it has led to a cycle of major frustration, a general feeling of being over it, withdrawing, trying to repair the scenario, being patient, giving him a chance, as he states, etc. At the end of the day, when you go back to these situations, everything that turned you off about that person to begin with, it's still there. I've also ended up at a stay-at-home Mom, I love my daughter and I'm grateful to care for her. And while I've turned a successful career as a women's fitness specialist into coaching, I'm, as you can guess, not supported in many ways, like sabotaging my coaching time with attitudes before and after. Remember what I was just saying a second ago? It's the fact that she's staying in this unhealthy relationship, it causes how she feels about herself and her life to drop. And therefore, that comes out because we tend to project what's inside of us onto other people. Questioning, who am I really talking to or guilting me into what could happen would be all my fault. If I take my girl to daycare or get a sitter so I can make more money for us and live my purpose. Well, the best thing you can do for your child is to be happy is to get up every day and do something that you love and you enjoy. Figure it out. Have friends, have family, whether you get a babysitter, or you get daycare, or figure it out. Schedule your clients around times that you can be there for your child or when she's old enough in a few years to go to school. I mean, a lot of, a lot of parents put their kids like in pre-care. You know, when they're three, four years old, they start going to daycare during the day and teaching them things so they can kind of get a head start on learning and in life. And the best thing is a leader leads by example. Sun Tzu said this 2,500 years ago. A leader leads by example 
not by force. And the best thing you can do for your child is to be a great example of somebody who's self-reliant and happy and going for what they want instead of somebody who's miserable because all you're going to do is give her an example that she's going to go out and follow when she grows up and becomes a young woman. And obviously, I would seriously doubt as a mother that you would want your daughter to grow up and repeat the same mistakes. The goal is to transcend them, to go beyond that. I was talking with a, a good friend of mine today and that's one of the things that she realized. I want to, I want to raise my daughters the way I think they should be. And that was part of the impetus for her finally to pull the ripcord and get the fuck out of a really unhealthy relationship that she knew for many years she should have ended. But eventually she did it. It's like most people – I mean everybody watching this has stayed or knows somebody that stayed in a relationship way longer than they should have. But unfortunately, most people, they never do. They never leave. Generally, it's disrespectful. It's not something I want my daughter to see and learn to accept from a man and yet I feel stuck. I love much about him. I accept him as a friend and his flaws and we have many things in common. You know, that's part of the difficulty when you're in a relationship is that especially when somebody meets a lot of your needs but they don't meet all of them or they're dip- – you know, maybe they meet a lot of your needs but they're just a terrible communicator. They stonewall you. They refuse to communicate or they just tend to fly off the handle and call you names and stuff and then calm down and later on they apologize. I mean at some point, if that's especially if that's how they grew up and they saw that as being normal, they're not going to change. You either accept them and say this is, this is how it's going to be if I stay with this person or you say, you know what? That's not a good enough standard for me. I want better and have the guts to leave. As a woman and a partner, I don't want to accept this treatment and you shouldn't. And by the fact that you stick around and put up with it, you're enabling this dude's behavior to continue doing that. Because what are the consequences? You're not going anywhere. You can't you came back before. I already know the answer and can't change him. Yet I focus on myself and growth and I am confident in my future and in the lessons that this has created for me. I feel weak to the hope that we will somehow work out. Think you're bullshitting yourself a little bit. Remember, what did the first statement say? I know it's time to leave. I know it's not going to work. But yet she's telling herself, well, maybe it could work. I grew up in a divorced household and it was super ugly. He knows and threatens the same out of anger, retreats in moments of sanity, and I don't take this separation of us lightly. Oh, should I mention we have never gotten engaged? Well, that would be a good thing, I would think. Because having gone through a divorce myself and have had lots of friends, lots of clients that have gone through divorces or that are going through divorces, it sucks. At the end of the day, what is marriage? It's a, really a legal agreement. In this day and age, you don't need a man to pay your bills. I mean you got your own career. You can take care of yourself. He's really a sperm donor at this point because it doesn't sound like he's a very good parent. My guess is we both know something isn't jiving. He's a great dad. Okay, well, maybe he is a great dad. But the way he's communicating with you, it's an unhealthy, dysfunctional way. And that's, that's the longer you stay with them, the more you're going to teach your daughter that that's the way it is. And the good news is think, think about it from this perspective. Think about 10, 15, 20 years from now. 
say you eventually get into a really great healthy relationship and your ex-boyfriend continues to be a fruit loop at least your daughter will be able to see you in a healthy relationship with a new guy and when she's old enough i mean kids aren't stupid right around the time they're about 12 years old they start to figure out they start to realize dad's fucked he's an idiot he's dumb he's stupid and so when he talks when they see him interacting they know that it's not healthy but if you stick with him and you continue to present this unhealthy dynamic she's not going to know any better and in general he's a great guy just a sucky partner for me she says any advice on moving on Plan your work and work your plan. You got to plan a way to set things up so you can get the hell out of there. Maybe you move in with a friend. Maybe you rent a room someplace that's cheaper and you figure it out. Find a way to where your current income and obviously hopefully he's willing to pay child support to help pay his part. If you're going to have your daughter most of the time to pay for daycare and those things, they can keep your expenses low until your business gets to the point where you can get a place full time but you need to get your daughter into a healthy environment instead of this dysfunctional mess and how to make the transition best for all it's honest be honest with him be honest with yourself but sticking around and making yourself miserable hoping it's going to change i mean you've known this dude for 12 fucking years it's not like he's a stranger and he's always been this way and thinking that it's going to change or that he'll change or that he'll wake up you can't wait on that. You just I mean your happiness should be worth more than that to you and your daughter's happiness should be worth more than that to you. On creating space for us to communicate better with or without being together or if there's any way for him to wake the fuck up. It's possible maybe someday he does, but until he gets to a point in his life where he realizes that the way he's going about his relationships is not working, he ain't gonna change. He may never just like an addict until an addict gets to a point where they're tired of being drunk or high all the time and they're light and they're tired of their lives being a clusterfuck it doesn't matter how many people love them and care about them and want them to get off the drugs or the alcohol until they recognize that it's they got a problem they need to do something about it nobody can help them because they're unwilling to help themselves you must participate in your own rescue um, he will have these problems with our daughter if not resolved, right? Yep. That's why you need to be the better person. Take care of what you can take care of, which is you and who you date in the future so you can present your daughter with at least half of the parenting where she sees something healthy. And especially if you're, your daughter, you're going to have custody of your daughter most of the time. I'm eager to hear your thoughts. I'm a woman that loves to work really hard personally and professionally, play in the snow, make homemade macaroni, and root for the Rangers. I used to be totally fucked up, codependent. Well, if you Google codependency and then you – if you're honest with yourself and you look at the fact that you're continuing to make excuses for this guy, that's what codependent – See, people do. That's that's the definition of it. You make excuses for the other person. An addict, and I spent a decade outgrowing those fear-driven habits and growing within. Can a girl just enjoy a hot wing with a hot guy? Not as long as you stay with this dude, you can't. 
you have to create a space for somebody else to come in and fill. And until you do that, your life's not going to get any better. Again, you must participate in your own rescue. The only person that can help you is the person that you see in the mirror every day. Figure it out. Find a way, not a way out. Like I said, find a way to have really low expenses. Maybe you rent a room from somebody. Maybe you find a couple. Maybe you know a couple that's really healthy and got a great marriage, great relationship. And maybe you rent a room from them for a couple hundred bucks a month or something like that for a year or two until you can get on your feet and grow your business to the point where you can afford it. Figure it out. Thanks for the hope, perspective, and F-bombs in advance. Well, hopefully I gave you plenty of F-bombs. Keep keeping it real and sharing the love. You elevate so many lives. Well, I do my best. I'm just doing what I was put here to do in the best way that I can. And I'm just like like all the best people in the world and careers, CEO, athletes. I'm just trying to get a little better each and every day. And that's what you should focus on as well. Inch by inch, millimeter by millimeter. You got to move towards your outcome, what you want. And obviously, you want to be happier. You knew three years ago that it was time to move on from this guy. So do what you know you need to do. Again, the only person who can help you is you. Life happens when you move. Stagnation happens when you don't. That's something to think about. So if you'd like to get my own personally, go to my website, click the products tab at the top of your screen and just follow the instructions for booking whichever coaching option works best for you. And I will talk to you soon. (laughs) 